Unbroken Podcast. I'm Alexandra Amor, author and lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life via the psychological paradigm called the Three Principles. We explore the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including resolving things like unwanted habits, anxiety, trauma, depression, and more. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary video series, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. If you're struggling to resolve an overeating habit, I invite you to go to freedomfromovereating.com where you'll find all the details about the online course I've created based on my 30 plus years of struggle and how I found the solution to my own overeating habit by exploring this inside out psychological paradigm. Use the coupon code podcast at checkout to save 20% on this unique and comprehensive course. And now here's the show. Sharon Crabb, welcome to Unbroken. Hello, it's really lovely to be here. I'm I'm very happy to be here, Alexandra. I'm, <laughs> I'm so pleased to have you. Thank you so much for coming. So let's begin. Why don't you tell us a bit about your background and how you came to un, uh, find the three principles? Okay, so my background, God, there's a lot of it. So I'll try <laughs> <a bit. laughs> Um. The common thread running throughout my whole life has been horses. Mm. So I've, um, I've done lots of other things, always as a last resort because I needed to earn some more money. Um, but the horses has been the main thread, really. And about 20 years ago, more than that, um, I, I got into natural horsemanship because be- before that I'd been very um, – traditionally trained with the British Horse Society. Mm. And um and I ended up going to the States and spending about two years out there studying with um cowboys actually. Mm. <laughs> Which was wonderful. Um and that was a big change because it got I started looking I went out there one person came back somebody else completely. Wow. Uh, it was a huge transformation quite late in life because I was I was already in my 40s but it was the beginning of me becoming more self-aware I think. Um and I saw a whole new way of 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 you know what being with horses and working with horses. And the big thing that happened was I realized that in order to be a good horsewoman, I had to change myself. And it wasn't, it was nothing to do with changing the horses, really. Mm. So that was really huge. And it's a long story, so I'll cut it short. But it, because I got in, interested in, in kind of, in people, <laughs> I, um, I ended up, it sort of took me into equine therapy. So okay. equine assisted therapy. And, that was pretty amazing. And I started working with vulnerable young, uh, mostly young people. Um, but throughout all of that, things, I mean, things were pretty good, but 
I always had a bit of a dark side. I had a problem with depression and anxiety, and I used to have these episodes which were really quite extreme. And it it was like I put a brave face on it, so so nobody really knew. Um, but I did have some some pretty bad times, and then. Out of the blue one day, one of my horsemanship clients posted something on Facebook about a program that she'd done to help with anxiety and depression. And I was curious, I guess. So I asked her what it was. (laughs) And it was a program by Nicola Bird. And that was back in 2017. Mm. so I can see you nodding so Nicola Bird is is obviously familiar to you Mm -hmm. that was my introduction to the three p's really Mm. um and I did a program I did a 12-week program and I kind of got fixed I thought (laughs) okay oh cliffhanger (laughs) yes yeah but that was that was how I came across the three principles Okay, so tell us about about that cliffhanger and and the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of so. I'd been ill, physically ill, for quite seriously in and out of hospital, and and kind of life threatening ill. So, and and um, when I came across Nicola, it was a time where I was really I was better physically, but mentally not. Anyway, as I say, it fixed me. And I got back into my crazy life and, and you know, I, I've had I've had a great time. I've had lots of adventures and I started some new ones. I uh, what did I do? Oh, I went off and cycled across Costa Rica in aid of charity and <laughs> stuff nice. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I and I felt great. And then that was kind of 2018, 19. And then after that, it started creeping back. The, mm. the the low mood, the depression. And I'd forgotten all about the three principles, really. Mm. I'd come across Michael Neal a little bit. I'd read some of his books, but I'd kind of put it down. So I suddenly had this thought, I know, I must do, I must look up that program again because that fixed me last time. So I probably need to do it again. So I engaged again with Nicola, did another little program, but this time something was different I saw something different (laughs) Mm. and and I just got really kind of hooked if you like and I I I just things look different and I wanted to continue so I I carried on exploring I started reading everybody you know the Pranskis my favorite book here we go that's my favorite Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I really I really kind of I was just like it's different this time, you know. And then I started to see things that I was doing with the equine therapy and realizing that this was kind of the missing bit, if you like. Mm. I still hadn't quite had the major kind of insight, but it it just felt like there was something. It was like putting together a bits of a jigsaw you know and I started because I got more involved in reading more and and I did some more courses I can't remember which ones but um 
my style of teaching and everything started changing. My relationship with my family and my husband improved, kind of. I couldn't really tell you how, but it was different. And yeah, and then and then I got involved with iHeart. I heard about iHeart, you know, um, which is a charity that works um, particularly with a program aimed at helping young people. And this just felt like the next bit of the puzzle, if you like. So I decided to do that training. And then during that training, I'm coming back to the cliffhanger now. Okay. It's been a bit... <laughs> <laughs> during that training, there was an exercise we did to do with, it was partly, I think it was during the, um, we were talking about, bullying and there was this exercise that we did that I was being trained to deliver but we were actually taking part in it and I suddenly had this massive like moment when I realized that I hadn't been fixed at all because I wasn't broken Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and and that was that was the big difference. Mm-hmm. And then I started to see that the work I was doing with the with the youngsters, with the horses, with everything, had always been through, I'd always come at everything as a fixer. Right. <laughs> and so now, and then you and, weren't. Yeah. And then suddenly yeah. I realized, and it just, it was huge. Yeah. I remember sobbing, actually. Not, not just just because it was just it was like you know it was like taking glasses off and putting and and seeing yeah it was like new eyes actually yeah it was so huge and yeah (laughs) (laughs) I can still remember the moment you know it kind of makes goosebumps a little bit when I when I and I was just like, oh, my goodness, I didn't need to be. I wasn't broken. It was, you know. Mm-hmm. And that so, was huge. So a couple of follow up questions then. So equine guide to therapy. Can you explain what that is? Maybe for the listeners who might not be yeah. aware. OK, so I was trained in a very particular type of equine assisted therapy. And basically um, what we would do is work with young people. Well, anybody really. And, and horses working on the ground and um, the particular charity that I trained with um, it's actually an it's not really a therapy to be honest it's more like an intervention it's called the mm. horse course mm. and it's um, very action based it's it's not just kind of hanging out with horses you you actually work with the horses and the horses are specially trained mm. um, and the participants get to they the actual course is about four or five days two or two hours you know consecutive days two hours each day and they play with the horses online mm-hmm. so online means on a rope mm. and you play <laughs> okay yes yeah, not on yeah, the computer <laughs> not on the computer <laughs> <actually> with them <laughs> and the horses can do all sorts of cool stuff so they'll pop over jumps and go backwards and sideways and stand on pedestals and kick a football. And and it's not about 
making the horse do something it is about playing you know and it in order to um to be with a horse and play with a horse you're basically helping people develop life skills you know and the difference between let's say um being assertive and being aggressive mm. or finding relaxation you know being able to really lower your energy and and kind of switch off and the horse acts as a mirror mm-hmm. so and it's amazing because we sometimes you have these little tiny tots with these great big horses you know and the horses are, they don't have an agenda they're just you know and and the horses we work with um are all rescued mm. so it's kind of fulfilling you know it's doing something in that side of things as well yeah lovely and so then when you had that big insight about not being broken and that you weren't, it wasn't your job to fix anybody, how did that change your this work that you were doing with the horses and the kids? Well, yeah, because first of all, it was very personal. It was me. I'm not broken. Mm-hmm. But then I realized nor was anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did have me on my mind first. <laughs> right. <laughs> As we do. yeah so it meant so what did it mean it meant that when I you know interacted with anybody really but particularly with with the young people I was working with that I was not trying to fix them and I could see I could see the health in their behavior Mm -hmm. in their actions as opposed to seeing you know various coping mechanisms perhaps as being a problem right you know which which meant that I was I was just more relaxed you know yeah and and that takes the pressure off yeah and that shows up it showed up with the horses and it showed up with the with the people you know and it also showed up with with the parents or the mm-hmm. carers all, all the rest of the family because very often and this you know again with the iHeart even when I'm not doing anything with horses it's um you see that you know you can you can work with a young person but you really need to engage the whole family because otherwise it you know the worry and the stress is coming from the parents really right yeah yeah uh, but just the fact that I was not worried you know about whatever was showing up just took took that kind of edge off it I think Mm -hmm. yeah and you said something really that really um piqued my interest there too is that if a teenager you didn't say these words but if a teenager is acting out or you know behaving badly that's a sign of their health yeah right it's as you say it's not just a coping mechanism it's actually a sign of their resilience can you say more about that yeah well because the you know it's it's how life looks to them in that moment Mm -hmm. so it makes perfect sense um and it's quite hard I, i i to be honest i do find it hard sometimes to to put think to articulate that you know and to try and explain it sometimes Mm -hmm. but but I don't see 
you know it just makes more sense when you when you when you know that they're not broken and they they're just whatever is showing up makes complete sense given the way they see the world in that moment you know mhm yeah and the other thing is when you you know the some of the young people i've worked with are really worried about their condition or their label right yeah <laughs> you know because they think that there's something wrong with them yeah and um and it just perpetuates that you know that stress that suffering really mhm wow yeah i hadn't really thought about it that way but how how much a label would do to the person who's receiving it yeah yeah wow yeah and <laughs> <laughs> profound did you this might seem like a weird question but after you had that insight about not being there to fix anybody and as you learn more about your own innate well well-being <laughs> did you notice any change in the way the horses uh behaved around you yeah i mean the horses have been my greatest teacher mm. without a doubt um and even before i i came across the three principles my horses taught me about being and not doing mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know if if you're if you're a horse person and you meet another horsey person to kind of traditionally the first thing they'll say to you is what do you do with your horse i used to i used to say that yeah you know and there's a kind of there's a emphasis and a pressure to do something you know and i was um I see my life as before the three Ps and after. I <laughs> see <You know, laughs> lots of people probably see, and I was, I was brought up to be busy, mm. you know, to to be doing. Um, if anyone ever had a, you know, suggested that I might be lazy, that would have been a big problem for me. Not doing meant you were being lazy, you know. and and i think that brings with it a sense of urgency in your life too mhm a sense of you know i used to run around with a to-do list in my head kind of through the day mentally ticking off and and i was really into time management <laughs> <laughs> and multitasking yes you know all those efficient practices only it turns out they're not so efficient after all mm. and i think my horses have, you know that's been a big thing about just being with them hanging out undemanding mm -hmm. time and and realizing that that's great you know mm -hmm. i mean so yeah that that's that's been a big i can't remember what you asked me now but was that did i go off on one of my 
<laughs> no, that was great. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm curious about iHeart because I actually don't know much about it. I wonder if you could tell us about, about that a little, a little more detail. Yeah, sure. So iHeart is um, it's a charity based in London mm-hmm. um, and it's run by Terry and Brian Rubinstein and they have trained I'll probably get this wrong, but it's several hundred, I think it's five, maybe even 600 facilitators to deliver a a resilience program. Mm. Uh, When I first started with them, we were actually going into schools and teaching in the classroom. Mm. It's a 11 week, 10, 11 week program. Each, each session is about an hour. And um, it's, it's called uh, iHeart is innate, health h innate health <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> resilience training right that's, okay that's wrong yeah so, and it's the way i think of it is we're looking to try and facilitate insight right so throughout the program it's a mix of um discussion uh, looking at video clips, activities with uh, Play-Doh and Jenga bricks and bits of paper and all sorts of things. Um, and just, and using lots of metaphors, you know, to to describe the human condition. Mm. Um, and that we have innate well-being and resilience that can't be damaged broken taken away um but it can be hidden you Mm. know it can be covered up and it's aimed at uh sort of eight years upwards Mm. Uh, they now do a they have now um produced a a online program that, that you can buy which is i think it's six sessions of about an hour no, less than an hour, half an hour. I can't remember. Um, which is purely online, a, a digital program, which is available for people to buy. Mm. Uh, and it's brilliant. It talks about the human, the the hero's journey. Mm. Um, and it uses very uh, sort of modern concepts, you know, computer games and um, superheroes and this sort of thing to to kind of get this message across you know of innate health and resilience mm-hmm. um yeah and and i'm i'm not unfortunately working in the schools anymore um mainly because of cost i think and because they've developed the digital program but we we are now working more in small groups and working with individuals mm. nice. and it's also it's aimed at the whole family so ah, okay. there's an accompanying uh, program that goes that the so the you know the the parents or the or guardians or whatever can can follow along and and they have that as well so they because we need to all speak a common language you know yeah um yeah yeah oh interesting okay thank you for sharing that i didn't yeah i just have never learned much about that program sure yeah and one of the things um, I looked up on your website was that you also did some rewilding training with Angus and Rohini Ross. Yes. 
<laughs> Big smile. And yes. oh, wow. <laughs> I've so tell us a bit about that and what rewilding means to you. Um well, when I first got involved with that, I had no idea what it meant to, mm. to me or to them, to be honest. Um, and how did it start? Oh, yes, Rohini offered a free six-week program. Um, it must have been last summer, which was called Rewilding Your Practice. Mm. And um, and I'd listened to their podcast quite a lot and followed on um and I just thought that sounds fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I joined um, and I did the six week program and it was brilliant because it was all about kind of, well, for me anyway, it was about being me, mm. you know, and it was about kind of stepping outside my, you know, my, I don't like the term comfort zone, but I can't think of another way of describing it, but just kind of um putting myself out there a little bit you know going live on facebook and doing zoom calls and and kind of talking and sharing things with with um other people and it was mm-hmm. a, it was a wonderful six weeks so and then after that they had their guide training which was six months and i just decided i wanted more really so so yeah and it was um I think to me it it goes back rewarding for me quite simply is getting in touch with your essential nature and and getting back to the the kind of you know the young innocent me that's still in there somewhere mm. you know um and yeah there was something that came in my mind and it's gone out the other mm. side but it, it's to do it's to do with that you know just just sort of being um and and I think that actually if I'm if I'm going to be really honest I was always a little bit scared of feelings mm. not not just the sad ones but or when I was depressed, but also, you know, kind of all that lovey-dovey stuff, as I used to call it. I used to say that to Rohini, I don't do all that stuff, you know. <laughs> I found it quite hard to 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 do that, to to be um, not not just to be it physically, to, but even to be able to talk about it, you know. Yeah. And I realised um, that I even found it quite hard to say the word love. Mm. No, so it was a real exploration into all of that, mm-hmm. and if I could put it into one word, I think it would be being seeing the strength in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. That wasn't one word, was it? But you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I use one when three or four will do. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, seeing the strength in vulnerability. Yeah. yeah, that that was that was for me. That was what that was all about. I think. Mm-hmm. And a, such a gorgeous group of people. I mean, there's still a community. Um, we we sort of kept it going, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm actually I can't wait for. I think it's November, isn't it? 
I'm going to actually meet Rohini in person because there's an event in uh, in Spain. Yes. And speaking at Viva. Right. Yes. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm heading back uh, back to Sheila's uh, event. Yeah. 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 Oh, lucky you. That's great. Yeah. That'll be really nice. Um, and I'm trying to think of what else, if there's anything we touched on that I'd like to go back to. I'm just really fascinated by the, you know, the intersection between the rewilding work, well, your, and your understanding of the principles and the horses and, you okay. know, yeah. yeah, bringing that to, to the work you do with them. And it occurs to me that, you know, rewilding it, it, it could, that could apply to the horses as well. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it it's actually quite simple because, um, the, the the common thread running through the, all of this is relationships mm. and funnily enough i the work i do now um gradually i seem to be working more with um with people to do you know not even with horses and it's all about relationship um kind of coaching counseling that sort of thing that's that seems to be where i've kind of you know what i'm doing at the moment and if I go back to when I, um, I mean, there's a whole story about how I went from traditional horsemanship into natural horsemanship, and I'd love to tell you about it, but it's we haven't got time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but what happened was that the natural horsemanship I was changed everything because it became about the relationship with the horse. Ah, okay. So it it was all about building a relationship based on trust, communication, understanding, not as I'd been taught previously through a very traditional British horsemanship kind of be the boss ex military traditions, you know. Dominance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I I went to one of the best schools when I was 17 to, to become an instructor. So, mm. and it was run by an army colonel. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, and I'd never really asked the right questions about, you know, I just sort of had this, you know, pushed into me about how to be dominant and the boss and all the rest of it. And then suddenly I started to see that you could have a relationship with a horse. Mm-hmm. And that, so that that's the common thread, I think, that runs through all of it. Um, and, of course, with the rewilding, um, the especially Rohini's The Podcast and everything was very much about relationship sort of coaching and that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. So when you said that you now have kind of drifted into more work around relationships, so that's like spousal relationships, yeah, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. 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 And that's come about gradually um, because of, because of the work I've been doing. Also the, the COVID pandemic kind of, we ended up more on computers and did, you know, working with people over, uh, zoom or or whatever so 
Um, and I've been amazed at how how you can actually really connect with people, can't you? You know, through yes. like we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I really enjoy that. And and some of the people I've worked with, some of my sort of one to one clients, um, actually end up coming to visit and spending a day with me with the horses as well. Nice. Even if you know, it's just a kind of extra. Yes. And we go for, we, I do some coaching going for walks and this sort of thing, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm, lovely. Well, we're coming toward the end of our time together. So I just wondered if there's anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to share. Um, no, I don't think so. I'm just, I did make some notes, but um, I think we've, we've, Covered quite a lot, actually, it feels like. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, then tell us where we can find out more about you and your work. Okay. Well, uh, I have a website. Um, It's just my name, Mm SharonJCrab.com. I'm not very good at keeping it all up to date. So uh, I need to, I need to, that's an area I could do with some, to, you know, spend some time in. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. Um, and and emails and contact numbers are all over there so yeah yeah and if anyone you know I'm always happy to have a chat with anyone about anything really (laughs) right yes great yeah I mean you know I've I've worked I do work in all sorts of different areas it seems um but that's great I enjoy the variety so Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah oh that must be nice yeah yeah Well, that's great, Sharon. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's been such a pleasure connecting with you. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it too. Good. My pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. To learn more about how to resolve an overeating habit in a way that's unlike anything else you've tried, go to freedomfromovereating.com. Use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout to save 20% on this unique and comprehensive course. See you next time!